Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Amigos Club. Today, we're going to talk about how do you teach your child culture, which I picked this topic because I feel like this is really important, um, especially, I don't know, how it doesn't matter what culture you are. Of course, here we're going to be talking about how we teach our Latino culture, but teaching culture is really important. And there's a lot of things that we do every day. You may not even realize that you're teaching culture. And there's other things that uh, hopefully you're going to grab some ideas of how you can implement new things to teach culture to your kids um, so that they can just be proud of where they came from and who their family is. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm really super excited about it. Uh, I'll go ahead with introductions so we can get started with this conversation. And my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent. I help parents turn their chaos into connection with their adolescent. I primarily do that through the app that there's a link above my head. Um, that app is absolutely free. It's to download. Um, it's available on Apple. It's available on Google. And inside of that, you're going to find lots of free resources for you. I do parent education videos every single week. And oh my goodness, they're short. They're like 10 to 20 minutes, and most of them are about 10 minutes long because I know you're busy and you don't have time to sit there and watch videos or whatever. And you could just put it on in the car as you do a car ride, learn something new, improve in your parenting. And really, that app is just for you. It's awesome because it's help right in your pocket whenever you need it. And uh, just to give you an idea of what's inside that app, um, for let's see this week i put out a video all about um when things don't go uh, like planned in your parenting and it's frustrating and it happens to all of us and uh what do you do and how do you become resilient in that um next week i'm going to be putting in a uh video that i've already created and it's how to get your teenager to listen to you and i give you seven tips on how to do that uh, but there's things in there about how to get your child to stop procrastinating or why your child might be a video a video game addict and how to get them to stop i mean like real practical things for um just about every family so check that out and then i am very privileged to have Dali Rivera next to me. Uh, Dali, go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you, Cristina. I'm a parenting coach and I specialize in helping parents of middle school age children who have been or are being bullied um, with parenting, uh, with uh, bullying awareness and prevention education. And I, I usually help parents uh, learn how to advocate for their kids and how to help them get through any trauma in a healthy way. So that's what I do, and I love being here. I'm always learning something, and uh, I like to contribute where, whatever I can. So that's all. Thank you. And I'm going to ask Dolly. Let's go ahead and get started. Dolly, what do you what do you teach culture in your house? Is there anything that you do in particular? Because uh, I know I do in my house, but sometimes it's a little bit hard to integrate because it's not on the top of my mind all the time. Like, I'm not thinking to myself, I'm going to wake up and teach my kids culture today. <laughs> like, it just doesn't really happen like that. So, um, how, you know, is there something that you do maybe even on a daily kind of on a more modest way that, that we can get started with some uh, tips of, of how, how do you implement it? Yeah, so, you know, I'm a big nerd. I'm a proud nerd. <laughs> and I actually do intentionally try to teach culture to my kids on the weekends because the weekends is when we can go out and do stuff, right? And the reason why culture is so important to me is because um, I grew, I'm from Nicaragua. I came to the U.S. at the age of seven and I grew up for the most part in California. When I left at the age of what, 18, right after high school to the army, I was thrown into a melting pot and it was so shocking and i felt so ashamed of not knowing even about other latinos i mean i was so oblivious i realized that i lived in such a tiny little bubble and um ha not having awareness of differences made me look really ignorant and i couldn't even engage in certain conversations because i couldn't relate and, or i didn't i hadn't heard like dialects and and not just about latinos but like i remember in um in basic training there was 
the first Southern person I heard speak, I was like, what are they saying? And why, <laughs> why do they say it like that? So culture encompasses so much, right? It's not just like, I mean, it's everything. It's food, music, the way we speak, you know, our dialect, the, the way we greet each other. So because of that, I have always tried to expose my kids to different cultures and I encourage them to have friends that look different that are from different places and i know that that's uh sometimes hard depending on where you live like right now we live in an area that's predominantly white but i tell them like hey even among this quote-unquote white community if you start asking the kids about their background then you can learn that their um ancestors you know they all come from different places and so of course um i've done you know like music uh my my kids and I have tackled different languages together, museums, food, of course. And um, now that everything's opening back up, I have actually been looking for things to go to, like festivals, Baltimore here in Maryland. They used to have all these um, events. Like I remember Greek week, they'd have like all Greek food, entertainment at Patterson Park in Baltimore. Um, then they had like the whole like um, Latin festival. Then they had uh, like Juneteenth. Juneteenth is coming up. So that's really great. It's the 19th of June. A lot of people still don't really know what it's about, but that's my long answer. So I'm going to stop right there because I see Rodrigo's here and I want to give everybody else the opportunity to speak. So I'm done. Welcome, Rodrigo. We're happy you're here with us today. Hey, same, same. I love uh, Dolly's uh, answer right now. It, it, uh, culture is such, it encompasses so much and it's really important, you know, that we do expose our kids to culture. And so I'm glad that, you know, she's doing that and she mentioned some really good stuff. So yeah, I'm really happy to and excited to be here to lead, help lead the conversation and, you know, explore how we can make sure we teach our kids culture, you know, and, and again, it doesn't have to be our culture only, you know, it's about exploring other people's cultures as well. I think that's one thing that gets lost in the sauce a bit. Uh, you know, we do a great job of exposing our kids to our culture, but then what about other people's cultures? And I know me growing up in San Antonio, uh, I don't, I don't really think that my mom and dad did a, you know, very, <clears throat> excuse me, significant job of teaching me culture because we just lived that, you know? So I, I know about Mexicanidad. I know the holidays. I know this and that, the language, I, that was my first language, but it was other cultures that I wasn't exposed to. And it took me going to, to college, going to the University of Houston in Houston, Texas, to really grasp that, you know, oh, man, there's other cultures and there's other things and this and that. So, yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I think that um, I love those different perspectives on culture, teaching other people's culture, teaching our own culture. And I'm going to bring up another different perspective that I don't know if anybody can relate with, and that is... Um, so when it comes to teaching our own culture, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we get into uh, success, which is awesome. But then when we get more successful, we tend to immerse ourselves in more of a white person's culture. And this is what happened with my ex-husband. Uh, when I was married, he was very successful and we decided to move into this nice house. But of course, it was a primarily uh, predominant white neighborhood. And soon after we had our first child, uh, which you guys know through the Amigos Club, his name is Cortez. And Cortez, um, you've met him before. He's an awesome kid. But when he was little, we even had uh, this conversation once where I was just talking to him. And I think I was making tortillas that morning and stuff. And I was explaining like, yes, this is part of our culture. It's, but it's, um, it's what we do as Mexican-Americans. And he looked at me with a deer in the headlights look and was like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's part of our culture. This is who we are. You know, we're Mexican-Americans. And he just looked at me and he's like, you mean I'm not white? And I'm like, what are you just talking? What? Did you just say that? I couldn't believe it. But from his perspective, he had grown up in that culture. And then I realized that, oh, my goodness. 
I need to teach my kid culture. And this is really where it really hit home for me that, holy shit, I am totally doing something wrong. I need to implement this and make sure my kids know where they're, where they're coming from. So I think it's all across the board. I just wanted to tell you guys that funny story. And uh, Welcome to the stage. Um, Hanan, um, welcome. I hope that um, you have something awesome to contribute to our conversation today. Thank you very much. And thank you for pronouncing my name right too, Hanan. <laughs> and um, your topic is really interesting. Okay. Um, teaching our kids culture. Uh, um, actually, I um, grew up in... Um, a different culture and I am living now in uh, I don't know I can say a second or third culture so growing up during all my life I had the opportunity to live in different places and be exposed to different cultures so when I got married and got my kids and I was raising them in a different culture from the culture I was raised in it was a challenge for me because it's a different culture. Um, so as parents, we try, or most parents, we try and, um, and raise our kids in that different culture uh, with the culture that we grew in. And I think that's wrong from my experience. Um, it's nice to, exp to teach them your culture to expose them to your culture, to get them tied to your culture, but at the same time, let them integrate into other cultures, let them learn from that culture, let them see other people. And at the end, they will come as, you know, something different, not your culture, not that culture. Something which I say, it's another, let's say third generation with two cultures, you know, they got the good from this and the good from this. And you have another person, which that I noticed with my kids growing up. So I find some people, they, you know, they raise their kids, let's say, very conservative. Uh, they don't want them to integrate with other cultures or other people. And they just keep them tied. And that's not right. Um, it will affect them very badly when they grow up. And um, it's not in their favor at all. Diversity is very important. Um, what I do when I, let's say, move to a, a new neighborhood, if it's, let's say, widely dominant, <clears throat> I always go and knock the door to my neighbors. I try to reach out to them because I'm the one who moved to the neighborhood, right? They don't know me. They don't know what is, you know, my reaction to them if they came and knocked the door. So I go I tell them that I'm your new neighbor. Next time I'll go and take a treat or something, you know, and I try to get to know my neighbors. And that's how people should be, you know, know each other. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. Nobody is superior to anybody. We're all um, equal. We're, we have to treat everybody the way we want to be treated. And that's my philosophy in life. And thank you for the space and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for that contribution, Hanan. I feel like that's a great uh, thing to say, like that we, we do want to learn about other people's cultures, like you and Rodrigo had mentioned. And, and I love that you're going to your neighbor and you're meeting your neighbors. We don't do that enough anymore. We don't know the people we live next to. And God, that's so sad because that's not how it used to be. Um, but I love that suggestion. And when um, when I would add to that, that if you want to go and meet your neighbor and figure out like where they're from and you know what their background is, bring them something from your culture to them and see if they are open to the idea of um, of having it, whether it's a bizcochito because you know that's um, a very popular cookie here in our culture and maybe whatever their culture is doesn't have something like that and maybe they've never tasted anything like that. I would be really thrilled if this happened to me. If, if I had somebody from a different culture come and knock on my door with some food from their culture, I'd be stoked, right? And so I kind of like to go with that, uh, treat other people the way that you want to be treated. And that's what I would want. So 
it's like, why not? Why am I not doing that with my kids? I think that's something that we're going to have to do this summer. And that's what we're doing today in this room. We're tallying up some ideas so that we can put them in our back pocket and start doing that with our kids. So thank you for that contribution. And welcome, Denai. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday. Uh, do you consciously teach culture to your boys? Oh, man. I go overboard if there's such a thing in teaching culture to my kids uh they know the entire history of cuba <laughs> they, they know um <clears throat> that yeah they know the entire history of cuba they know uh a lot of the history of the united states um hispanic uh, culture and in all the different influxes so i would say yes uh, I, I definitely teach culture, um, you know, the food, the music, uh, the uh, our ancestral stories, all of it. I, I, and, and I very, very much share it with, um, with a lot of our friends and family, too. So do you teach the, the history of Cuba? How do you do that? Do you get books? Did you, how did you do that? I know because books is another good way to teach kids culture um, from any age. But how did you do that? Um, so I... I use a lot of different tools. Uh, when they were little, uh, it was a lot of music and it was a lot of storytelling. And um, especially, you know, when we had uh, our ancestors that are no longer around, uh, that were around when they were little, uh, we used to have a lot of get togethers at my house where it, there was so much storytelling. And I actually wrote down a lot of those stories. I recorded a lot of those stories. And uh, I would retell them to my kids. Um, we did use a few books, and you know they've they've learned about like Jose Marti, and um, I've taught them you know a few of the poems like Los Zapaticos de Rosa, and just uh, I, I use a lot of different tools. But yeah, we've used books. We my my favorite tool is storytelling, though. Uh, story for me, you can't beat storytelling because you can really um, you know you can kind of pepper it with. Uh, little things that that may be super interesting that uh, sometimes isn't in a book per se. Um, so yeah, we we I, I used a bunch of different. I would say we, but no, it was really just me. <laughs> I, I used a bunch of different uh, different formats and things. And that's so important for you to mention, though, that maybe it was just you, and that's okay because even though you might be in a dual or even a quad uh, household where there's like four parents or two parents, you know, we have all these different combinations anymore, um, but it could just be you. And that's okay to, you know, you can just teach culture and take this on on your own. You don't feel don't feel like you have to have a co-parent help you with this. It would be awesome if they did, but you don't need that in order to get this point across to your kids. So I love those ideas and that, um, that, uh, those are the things that you mentioned. Uh, I'm curious, Dali, being from Nicaragua, um, do you, which a part of your culture did you focus with your kids on the most? I mean, do you do more of the, I think the history is probably one of the more harder ones to teach. That's why I was asking Denai about it, but, um, but food is usually pretty easy and typical. I don't know what kind of, um, what part of the culture do you teach? Because there's so many different facets to culture. I mean, it's just not one thing. Yeah, you know, um, well, of course, with food, I tell them, you know, the foods, the meals that I know how to cook and how, why we eat what we eat. And, you know, just it's history. So I try not to be too nerdy because they're usually like roll their eyes or like, oh, go, oh, boy, there, there she goes. <laughs> I don't talk to them a lot about the whole political and government side because that doesn't seem to really engage them, although I do throw in a few things here and there. But what I mostly do is... Um, talk to them about the the um cultural like celebrations like for example mother's day was the 30th of may um which is very different than so many other countries um and also like la santa purisima what that is and i you know like uh, many other latin american countries a lot of the cultural things are related to religion and so while we are actually not religious so i try to um, uh, teach them that because I feel like they're missing out on that part because you know we're we're not churchgoers or anything like that, so they don't know that aspect and so I have to explain it to them, show it to them, and I encourage them 
to attend um, ceremonies from people. And it's hard around here to find a Nicaraguense. So um, while it's um, hard to find like Nicaraguan type of uh, celebrations, I always encourage them to go to like their friends because if it's something similar, um, they can at least get kind of an idea of what it feels like to be in that community and you know how the religion impacts the celebrations like for example my children are now 15 and um, 14 so before my old eldest turned 15 i asked her if she wanted a quinceanera and so we started talking about why our quinceanera is done a lot of people don't know that it was an old way of offering your now available daughter to gentlemen for marriage and that's how it originated but most people don't know that now it's you know very commercialized and all but then there's a religious aspect to it where the girl had to be like pure enough and she had to have a certain blessing and that's why most quinceañeras have the uh, the church ceremony it's pretty much a big um like an hour-long mass with a blessing a special blessing for her and then she's sent out to the world to become a young woman and you know like they'll ask me like why do they do the exchange of the shoe and i'm like it's a symbolism from you know a young a young girl to a woman and why do the dance they do the dances because in nicaragua we don't do the court the whole court of like the 15 or 14 chambelanes and damas um it's just the girl and it's usually just a white dress and then we came to the U.S. and I remember noticing, oh, quinceañeras here in the U.S. It's like a huge court and the dresses are colorful. So I explained to that to them about that. And I've um, taken them to some of those um, birthday parties. Right. Uh, so things like that, that it's fun, it's enjoyable and it really resonates because they're going and experiencing that that um, event rather than just reading about it or watching it. But I do occasionally also like recently because my husband's Guatemalteco, he's from Guatemala. So <laughs> there's this documentary, I think it's on Netflix about Guatemala. And that's a place I have not been to yet. And I really want my kids to go. So I'm like, girls, come and join me. And they were like, <laughs> but <laughs> I <guess laughs> no. <to> stick around. <laughs> yeah, for a little bit. And I'm like, look, that is so cool. We're going next year for Semana Santa. And they're like, what's Semana Santa? You know, Easter week. They have this beautiful like celebration where they line up the streets with this, they call it the carpetas, which is like sawdust colored or they use an, other materials like sand and it's colored and they make these beautiful like arty or artistic like flower things on the street. And then there's like a procession of like a big people holding the cross and the santos and the, the virgenes, the virgins, you know. So... I just try to show them as much as possible, but definitely the, the events, the music, and the food. Those three are definitely like attention grabbers. So that's all. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I'm gonna ask Rodrigo something here in just a second. So wake up Rodrigo, cause I'm gonna ask you. But before I do, I just wanna remind everybody, this is a conversation, come up and join us and how you teach culture to your kids. Cause we're just collaborating a whole bunch of different ideas and what's important to us. And uh, Rodrigo, so the other day we were in the Amigos Club in the morning, 8 a.m. or it's 8 a.m. here, but the networking. And you had mentioned that growing up in San Antonio, that you were immersed already in your culture. And so my question to you is, if your family, if your boys grew up immersed already in the Latino culture or the Mexican-American culture that's right there in San Antonio, um, how is it that you teach other cultures to your kids so that when they leave the house and they get out of San Antonio, they're not, you know, shocked, overwhelmed, going, what the heck, what, what's this, you know, not keeping them in the bubble. Um, and I'd like to know how you do that. Yeah, that's a great question, actually, Christina, because we, we, we're able to really be engulfed in our own cultura here in San Antonio. So my boys and I, we, we can eat Mexican food. We can go to a Mexican-oriented uh, event, you know, a parade, whatever, all kinds of stuff you can do here in San Antonio. And even just in our own interactions, right, when we talk to uh, my, my dad or my mom, for example, and we talk about this and that, blah, blah, blah. But it's about the other cultures, you know, appreciating what's going on with other folks around us. 
that's really important. And one of the one of the things that I always do is making sure that we talk about things that are going on, current events, things that are happening in the news. And I'll ask my boys, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, did you hear about that? And oftentimes, because, you know, growing up, you kind of worry about who you are and who you're friends with and this and that. But you know, you may not consider what's going on with other folks' lives. And I think that's really a, a, a kind of a key moment that you could take, uh, take into account whenever you're trying to teach other people's cultures, whenever, you know, something comes up and they have a question about it. You know, you could be the really the educator when it comes to that and go find resources to learn about that. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, well, actually last year, when uh, uh, the city, the, the whole entire country was basically uh, protesting, uh, either one side or the other, protesting what, what happened when the murder of George, George Floyd. And uh, I participated in the, in the marches. Uh, my sons, they saw some of the pictures and this and that. And they asked me, hey, what happened? And then I told them, hey, well, this is what happens, blah, blah, blah. Went through a whole history of this and that. I think it's really important to give them that perspective. And I know I'm, I'm talking more about like a news kind of thing as opposed to a culture thing. But at the same time, they start understanding that perspective and knowing, seeing that there's biases out there. Okay, why should I not see things this way? Well, look, here's why. And X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. It, 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 basically, what I'm saying is whenever you start taking other people's perspectives into consideration, you, you really do humanize uh, folks. You really let your kids know. I'll, I'll speak for my kids. I really let my kids know, like, hey, everybody's got experiences. They're different. But at the end of the day, they are who they are. And it's much more valuable if you learn who they are understand what their cultures are, understand their practices, all this other stuff, because it will give you a greater appreciation and, and an understanding. Uh, we, 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 I'll end right here. We end up a lot of times fearing what we don't know. And I think a lot of folks uh, uh, kind of base their knowledge based on that, based on not knowing. They're fearful. You see a lot of folks, uh, you know, uh, fearful of immigrants, for example. And it's not necessarily because they feel immigrants are dangerous, this and that, although there's media and all that stuff. It's more because they don't know them. They don't, they really don't know them. And once you get to know folks and you get to know that, you know, their, their cultures their traditions and this and that, a lot of times people just start appreciating them. They, oh shit, you know, oh, that's, oh my God, that tastes delicious. Let me get some more. Oh my God. Oh, y'all do that. It's just when you start understanding somebody else and appreciating what they bring to the table that you could really get over that fear. And, and I think a lot of folks would really benefit from that if they just got over that fear and tried to understand folks instead. Very well said, Rodrigo, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna get to one here in just a second. Uh, I just wanted to add to you and put in my own two bits with that. And I absolutely agree uh, because I'm in a predominantly white neighborhood, I feel like I have to make culture all kinds of teaching of culture really, really intentional. And so with my own kids, you know, of course we're celebrating holidays and I'm making tortillas and I'm, you know, making sure they're all the foods. But we also, one of the things that we do as a family is we take an international vacation uh, every year. And it's, uh, it's actually written inside of my divorce agreement so that my ex-husband and I, we do this every year with our kids and we can't get out of it and it's just the six of us even though we're divorced and it was a something that we felt was so important to teach our kids about the the value of travel and learning new places but also with the cultural component and so we have done our own culture as far as latino culture where we have been to you know different places in mexico of course i've taken my kids to um, Dia de los Muertos in um, Oaxaca. I have taken my kids to the running of the bulls in Spain in Pamplona, um, but also then to other cultures, you know, where we go to China and we go to Brazil and we go to Costa Rica and um, every year is different. And as you can imagine, we've been to so many different places because my kids are, I have even college kids now. So, um, but we continue this tradition and it's one of those things that we do intentionally to teach culture um, and immerse ourselves in those. So on those, especially the vacations 
those international vacations, I'll make sure that we play soccer with the little kids uh, in the park. And we see, we go into a, uh, maybe uh, I'll arrange something with a travel agent where we can go into a home and, and actually experience it like there and not just always have to be in the nice hotel or whatever. And, but it's a real intentional thing. I have to plan it out and oh, it's kind of exhausting. I'm not going to lie, but it's exciting and it's fun and it's important to me. And thank you, Juan, for joining us on the stage. How do you teach culture in your house? Yeah, we were kind of lucky with our kids because um, we I had to move to the Philippines for two years for work. So I grew up in South Texas. I'm about three hours south of Rodrigo. And uh, so, you know, it's we're Mexican-American and obviously the culture is super easy. But growing in the Philippines, my kids went to a preschool and their classmates were from all over the world. It was all expats. Um, so they got to experience like their best friends were one was from India, one was from Japan. And it was really easy to talk through like different cultures because they were living it. But being back home, it does get harder because it's easy to go into the Mexican side of things. Right. Um, and the other muertos opens up so many possibilities for us to tell stories about our grandfathers, our tios, our tias, but also, you know, the times that they lived in. And we get to explain that things weren't always the way they are. And as they see the news, we, we try to, we don't, necessarily try to shelter them from it like Rodrigo said I think we try to bring things up and have provide context right they're they're five and six so they're still kind of small but enough to understand when things don't look right or things look scary so it allows us to bring back things that you know hey some of the things you're seeing on the news that are bad happened here to our ancestors in South Texas uh you know those uh plenty of examples with the Texas Rangers back then in the early 20s you know hanging Mexicans for being Mexican so um it's important for them to learn as much, I think, as possible the history of where we've all come from, because I think it opens their perspectives to seeing people as people and that at any point in time, any culture, right, could be under attack or marginalized or minimized. And that that's not what we want to be a part of in our family. We want to try and help prevent that as much as possible. So we'll take any opportunity. I think Dizzy does a great job lately uh, with, you know, Coco and Kanto, all those kind of things to allow parents to explain more in depth about where the setting is taking place in Mexico and Colombia and Guatemala, whatever it is. Um, sure, I saw one from the Philippines that they automatically recognize just based off of the Christmas decorations. And we get to kind of keep that fresh in their minds, too, that there's people outside of North America and South America and Central America. It's a whole wide world out there. Um, that they can experience. So any opportunity that we get, whether it be food, TV, movies, books, uh, we'll take it. And it's so far, it's working really well. I love that idea of, you know, using um, media, whether it's a television or a movie or, you know, like, like you said, the Disney movies even to springboard a bigger conversation with your kids to teach about culture. I mean, you can watch, like you said, Encanto and talk about where that was located, but you can also watch Mulan and start talking about that culture and why is it that um you know mulan felt like she couldn't she wasn't equal to the boy and she couldn't you know it was forbidden for her to go and fight when she really wanted to and it just it prompts so many things and you could it starts with starting at your kids level wherever they're at and and then sparking these new ideas and kids are so naturally inquisitive and curious and they want to know so it's good and my question to uh, people on stage is, um, you know, when we talk about culture, like is it a lot of it's not very pretty. It's it's ugly, in fact, especially when you're talking about minority culture. And, you know, you've got to make everything age appropriate. But when you're trying to tackle some of those darker subjects, like Juan mentioned, you know, people being hanged just because they were Mexican and if your little girl is Mexican, you don't want to scare them, right? So how how do you guys approach these bigger topics, which they should absolutely know and learn? We don't want to shelter our kids too much. And at the same time, we don't want to scare them so that they can't sleep at night. Anybody want to take on that one? Well, I, I think the first thing you have to uh, do as a parent is, is make sure that your kids feel secure and safe. You know, a, a really important aspect of all this is if you're going to be real with them and transparent with them, let them know, like, hey, here's what I'm doing. You know, we don't have to worry about this or X, Y, whatever, or whatnot. Because at the same time that we're trying to keep our children safe, there's actually folks out there that are having a very difficult conversation with their kids 
telling them how to be around police officers, for example, how to be protected, right? There's parents out there that are having really tough conversations, and this is Pride Month, but they're having really tough conversations with their kids, telling them like, hey, maybe you shouldn't wear this because this person might, you know, where you're going might not be safe and this and that. Uh, you know, it's so, so there's already tough conversations going out there and kids are having to deal with these real world issues. But the most important thing you can do is make sure that they feel safe. My son, for example, uh, uh, you know, he, he I'm, I'm a proud LGBTQ parent uh, uh, and, and he likes to dress up and, you know, wear his outfits or whatnot. Uh, <clears throat> we stopped at a Bucky's recently uh, on my on our way back to graduation. And my son's like, oh, I need to get dressed. I need to do this and that. I said, hey, we're going to stop at the Bucky's. And my son said, uh, okay, I'm not going to get dressed there. And I said, why not? I must say, like, I don't know. I go, man, don't worry about it. I'll walk in with you and we'll walk out and worry about it. He said, no, 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 I'm okay with that. I'm just saying, like, I just don't want to deal with the stairs right now. I said, hey, whatever suits you. And my, my whole point for bringing that up is my son feels safe around me. So he, he does things. But if he considers his own self and he just prefers not to, that's his choice. And I think when we have these conversations with our kids and we're talking about, you know, culture, we're talking about other people's experiences, we're talking about, you know, things that are going on, these tough topics. Uh, the first thing we got to do is make sure that our kids do feel safe. How is it relevant to them and how are we going to protect them and make sure that they feel, hey, you know what, this is a tough convo, but you don't got to worry about it because I'm doing X, Y, Z. Then you go into the conversation and talk to them about it and let them know. And yeah, it's tough. It can be very tough. But I'd rather be the type of parent that I'm transparent with my kids and they know that I'm shooting straight with them as opposed to telling them something that I, you know, definitely am lying to them or sheltering them in the sense that you, you just never know where they're going to actually get exposed and they'll learn. You know, uh, this this recent uh, uh, example of the tragedy in Nuvalde, you know, that, that's a tough conversation. Right. Uh, and, and, and you, you want to tell your child, hey, don't worry, this is what's been done, this and that but they're still going to feel a certain type of way. So it's, I really feel like it's important to A, provide security for your kids, make them feel safe to have a conversation, and then B, be transparent about it and be real with them. And look, hey, this is what actually happens, uh, uh, you know, if, if we, you know, in other households with other kids and so forth. So I think those are the kind of the two main uh, foundations, I feel, that need to happen for you to have these type of conversations. I want to reiterate uh, one of those really important topics that you're talking about, and that's teaching the culture in order to keep your child safe, especially when we, we shelter our kids a little too much sometimes, not because we want to, just because we're trying to keep them safe. And uh, with you, Rodrigo, I also have an LGBTQ child, and we talk about how do you stay safe when we're outside of, you know, certain our bubble and you know where we go but true to stereotypes and you know being like if you were black and like you said and, and you were out trying to deal with a police officer a black person has to probably and i'm not black so i can't i'm kind of just uh implying here but they must treat a police officer probably a little bit different than a single white man um, for their own safety, just because of the biases out there. It's very sad, but it's a reality. So those tough conversations that parents are having to teach their boys or their girls, but specifically like young male males of color, how to interact with some of these um, you know, certain environments, it's a real thing. And that is part of our culture is having to deal with some of these stereotypes. I don't know if uh, Denai and Dolly, if you guys are listening right now, but if either one of you want to um, comment on that, I don't know how, do you have those conversations to keep your, your children safe and how do you do that? I, I definitely have had this conversation. And as a matter of fact, recently I posted something that um, somebody shared about slang words that Puerto Ricans use. And um, so, of course, I show it to them and they're like, well, it's not a big deal. I don't need it. I'm like, no, no, you, you do. You should pay attention because you have to be careful what you say. For example, there's a certain word that Mexican culture uses. I'm going to spell it out because I feel very uncomfortable saying it, but it's C-H-I-N-G-O-N-A. Um, and it's become very popular 
in my opinion, um, from what I've seen. And as a matter of fact, yesterday, one of my friends in California, she's um, black and Puerto Rican, but she doesn't know too much of her Latina side. So she te she messaged me in, about that war in word. And she says, hey, I thought that that was a derogatory word for, you know, for people. And I said, well, I know that some Puerto Ricans really take offense to that word, just like Nicaragüenses. And I, to make sure, because, um, you know, you grow up here in the United States and it, things might be different or might change in your country. So I, I contact my cousin and I say, hey, this word, is it still really offensive? Because I grew up and it's very vulgar and we just don't use it unless you want to go there. And my cousin's like, oh, no, no, that's that's a Mexican word that's very common. But here in Nicaragua, we still don't say that. That's really wrong. So this this uh, importance of even learning other cultures and other countries or other languages this is um, slang words is really important because you don't want to offend people and you also want to like be able to understand the conversation you know there's I mean it sounds so insignificant but words really matter um, and if you want to have a connection with people, it, it really helps. Um, and, and it's, I think, even appreciated when you have a conversation with somebody from, you know, that uses a different dialect and has a different culture and uses different slang. And they're like, oh, cool, you get it. You get what I'm saying. So, yeah, that's my answer. Thanks. Yeah, I, it's so important. Um, I don't know. Juan, Hanan, I don't know if you're listening, if you uh, have anything else you want to contribute to that. Hey, I'm sorry, my kids came and grabbed me because apparently they found two baby fish in our aquarium that we don't know where they came from. So they were really excited. Um, what, what was the, the, the first question or the last question? Oh, no, we were just talking about some of the more difficult conversations about um, having to help teach your kids they, that our culture comes with some certain biases. And in order to keep them safe, we actually have to teach them these biases uh, so that they can be. For example, you know, if you were talking to a, a person of color, if you are a person of color and you're talking to a law enforcement, um, you know, how do you handle those situations? And uh, I know in the comments, um, Neda was talking about having, she also had to teach her, her boys how to interact with police officers so that they would be safe. Uh, they're just, it's really difficult. It's like, how do you do that? What kind of things do you, do you teach so that we can keep our kids safe? Because we are, we're different. We're brown. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's important. My, um, this is very telling, right? Like when my kids were born, um, you know, well, you see my picture. I'm, I guess, a little, that's on a, I'm a fairly tan day. I'm a little bit lighter, but that's my day to day. But my kids are very, very, very white. Um, my wife is a little more light skinned than I am. We're both Mexican, but she's more light skinned. But my kids, my daughter was born uh, with kind of a dark blonde hair, green eyes, and my little boy is light uh, brown hair and hazel eyes. But they're, I mean, you would tell they're very white passing. And, you know, my, my great grandma and all my tias were like, oh, you're so lucky they were born white and you're, you're lucky you know that you got the prettiest kind of mexican that i think is a problem the the stigmas we put on ourselves right or the older generations i think that's one thing that i try to teach my kids like we have to break that and i'm, I'm breaking it for them um and telling people like i don't want you to say that for my kids and that's not what i want them to think like they're not for more fortunate or less fortunate than anybody else but sad to say in today's climate in the back of my mind like i get what they're saying right like they won't have some of the struggles that uh some of my cousins who are much darker skinned uh mexicans have and it's important to teach them that. So we have those conversations about um, why people are treated differently. And I kind of share some of the stories of um, even being lighter skinned, some of the ways I was treated as a kid, like 10, nine years old, when we would go up to Michigan and work in the fields, right? And the drive up from South Texas to Calava, Michigan, there's a lot of spots where we stopped where people didn't like us uh, because they knew what we were, not who we were. Um, it's, it's a hard topic, but I think like Rodrigo said, if you can be uh, transparent and provide context, um, I think it helps them. You know, you absolutely want to make sure they know that they're safe and that uh, they're protected and that, that when they're with us, they're, they're in a good spot. But to learn those lessons early, right, they can kind of start becoming more aware of it and try to help people in those situations. That's really the biggest thing I want them to learn is, you know, whatever privilege we have, whether it's by, you know, what I've been able to do with my career that affords us an opportunity to, to have a, a voice that people listen to by nature of our, you know, putting air quotes up status or, um, 
by nature of what they look like in the future, if they can help people that they should. Love that you said that, uh, Juan. Thank you so much for sharing that because that is very true. I've had those conversations with my son too. Uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, the whole culture, nuestra cultura, güerito. You know, my my son, my youngest son is is definitely white passing. Uh, very 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 light skin, right? Uh, uh, you know, sandy blonde hair, uh, light blue eyes. And so I've talked to them about him, right? And and not only in our cultura, we call them, you know, hueritos, blanquito, you know, this and that. There's also a context, an American context towards that. And so I've taught my my youngest that. And I told him about what basically is his privilege. You know, he's been called white before. He's been passed up before when it comes to like, hey, you know, uh, um, certain things, you know, I don't want to veer off too much, but it is very important. That's part of the culture, part of understanding not only our culture, but also the culture that he lives in, that he resides on basically when he's on his Xbox talking to folks or when he's interacting with folks outside, you know, at a restaurant, at a movie theater, X, Y, Z. So I think it's really important, again, to give our kids that kind of a well-rounded interaction, that experience, because and Alan did here. What's really important, and Juan said this, and I want to reiterate, is that if we don't tell our kids what it is, they'll form their own narrative and they'll think what it is. And we don't want that to happen. We want our kids to be educated. We don't want them to be miseducated or uneducated because eventually they'll pick it up somewhere. They'll pick it up on an Xbox game chat that they're having with their friends. They, you know, when they, when they'll, they'll pick it up. Uh, um, and, and uh, you know, outside when they're with their buddies at school. I mean, there's there's so much. There's just so many different places where your kids, uh, um, uh, you know, they 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 they, they uh, um, there's just so many different ways that you know you you can interact with your child and let them know what it is out there, what's going on out there, and so forth. So, uh, I just I just wanted to share that, and thank you so much, Juan, for sharing. And I, I want to add to that, too. I think it's really important to have this conversation with children um, because we are depicted a certain way in the media. Because I remember distinctly, like, when I had that conversation with my kids about, hey, you know, Latinos, we come in different shades and different looks. And they were like, what? What do you mean? They were little. And I used, you know, like popular culture, people in popular culture to give them um, an, an example. And I remember it was so like, ooh, oh my gosh, like mind blowing to them. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, like Daddy Yankee is darker than say like J-Lo and then Mark Anthony, you know, and then you have like Asian Latinos and actually somebody here, let me see if she's still here, but, um, uh abra who is uh mexican jew mexican and it's just like whoa mind-blowing right because even latinos sometimes we think we are like you know we're generalized by the media so if nobody's having that conversation with children then they're gonna adopt those ideas and just run with it without ever questioning it until something happens and to your point one about colorism it happens, I think, in almost every family. Because I remember my mom saying, even now, sometimes she catches herself because we've all, all six kids of, uh, that she has, um, of us, we we point it out when she says things, and we can tell that it's unconscious because she grew up with those ideas. But sometimes she'll she'll say things like, "Ay, mira cómo se ve la tal y tal, que la la piel bien bonita, está bien clarita." And, you know, um, and to your point about, you know, the lighter, the privilege that comes with it. I had a conversation about two weeks ago with one of my sisters who, um, who's a lot lighter with like those, the type of eyes that change colors. So they're not, they're like gray, but then they change anyway, depending on what she's wearing. So I mentioned to her about how she, you know, how do you feel having that privilege? And she was like, what, what do you mean? What privilege? And I'm like, oh my God, nobody's ever had this conversation with you. And so apparently she called my sis, my other sister. And she was like, can you believe that Dali said that I have white privilege? And then my other sister was like, well, yeah, you do. <laughs> You're very, very white compared to all of us. So imagine we, if we would have had that conversation when she was a lot younger, it wouldn't be so shocking to her now as an adult, but, um, 
Yeah, I think these are very, very valuable. And also um, because I tell my kids, when you're meeting other people, just because of how they look, don't assume that they're not Latino or that they're not Caribbean or that they're not like Indian, uh, you know, because you just don't know. People look so different. And, uh, you know, there's been so many times where like my husband, because he supposedly he looks Samoan or Filipino and people talk shit about him like Latinos in Spanish, not ever assuming that he is Latino. And so he lets them do his rant, their rant. And then right as he's about to leave that space, he's like, okay, think I'm buen dia. And everybody's like, oh my God, <laughs> we just talked shit about that person. <laughs> and he was Latino. So yeah, lots of um, things that need to be taught to kids about culture. It's not just about the culture, it's about race, it's about injustice, and, you know, um, so many things. That's all, thanks. And I feel like so much of this is taught by role modeling. Like with us walking the walk, talking the talk, the way we treat people. And like you said, Dolly, oh my goodness, we also have our tios and our, especially our, our abuelitos who are still kind of racist from time to time. And they say some things that come out of their mouth and you're like, stop, yeah. I don't teach my kids that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, and you know, you're not going to change their mind or their ways anymore, but it's, it is role modeling and trying to, you know, to, to, to show that, that that's what kids learn when they watch you. So, you know, are you stereotyping when you go out into different cultures? Are you stereotyping about other cultures, about, you know, the Asian culture, the Indian culture, any of those other, you know, anybody else? Um, and just to not do that. Um, and then within ourselves and our own, oh, I mean, the list goes on, right? Um, but the role modeling is super important. I'm gonna stop there. Um, I just heard what you talked about in having this, uh, if I understood right, um, um, you know, uh, racism in our own culture, and and that's true because um, even in our culture, um, you know, people from the north think that people from the south are less privileged than them. People from the east think that people from the west are, you know. So it's it's always there, and you'd be surprised when they leave home and come, let's say, to North America and they are, let's say, uh, treated less because their skin color, they get so offended and, you know, they get so angry. And um, it's just everywhere, it's just everywhere. So I think we should just teach our kids to how to deal with it. You know, it's there, it's, it's, I don't think it's never going to go anywhere. Uh, so we have to teach them how to deal with it. If it happens, if it's come, they come across it. And um, I think that's a job of parents. And um, I, I just want to tell you something that happened to my son. Um, he grew uh, out of, uh, you know, um, in, in North America. And uh, until he uh, went to the medical school and one day um, where he studied medicine, he actually uh, studied in a place that was dominantly white in the university. And uh, one of the days they're doing the rounds and him and his uh, friend, uh, they're, you know, taking care of patients and stuff like that. And um, he heard it by his own ears that that guy didn't want him to, you know, treat him or, you know, look after him. And he said a very bad word. I don't remember the word now. And he at that time didn't even know the meaning of the word. And his friend was so like offended and he was saying sorry to him on behalf of that guy. He said, no, 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 don't worry about it. But he went and looked at the word and he actually uh, stood for himself. And he wrote actually an article in a medical journal about all this, what's happening. And, um, you know, and it's not tolerable at all. And it shouldn't be there. So things like that, we have to teach our kids to stand for the rights, to stand for who they are and, you know, and uh, re demand to be uh, treated as with respect and dignity. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Anan. I appreciate your contribution. I'd like to walk, uh, welcome Miguel to the stage. Uh, how do you teach culture? My, my thing was, I, I got like, uh, I'm in a situation that Rodrigo's in, but I wanted to ask him a question about his, his youngest kids, has, has he had been in any situation 
that when he went like to a public place with his son, that people didn't know the relation. Did someone see him as a threat? Like, you know, like that they felt that they needed to defend his kid. Yeah, you know, I I I got some looks when I was younger. So my son, like I mentioned before, he's you know very light skinned, uh, uh, has you know blue eyes, definitely white passing. And uh, but when he was younger, he was even more light skinned, and his hair was even blonder. So it it was definitely, uh, you know, there was definitely some contrast there between him and I, he and I. And I never I never really experienced that where it was just overt. But it was definitely something that I felt eyes sometimes, you know, people looking at me like, oh, that's weird. Look at this guy, you know, Mexican dude, I, I guess, uh, quote unquote, obvious Mexican guy or whatever. And and so I never really experienced that. But I do have friends who also have, you know, a contrast in appearance with their kids. And they have been told like, oh, OK, uh, uh, you know, is is this your nephew, your niece? And like, nah, it's my son. Oh, really? You know, and it's like, oh, my God, it's a terrible conversation. I really strongly advise nobody to ever start a conversation like that because you're just offending folks. Okay. You know, people come like Dolly was saying, people come in all shapes, sizes, colors, everything. And you never know what the relationship is between a a, a child and an adult. And unless there's some like super obvious signs of distress, you know, don't, don't get involved. Don't, don't question it. Don't, you know, don't, don't do anything stupid, you know? And I think that's, again, uh, having that fear, of something that you don't understand. And then you start conjuring up things that don't even exist. But no, Miguel, I haven't had that experience. Uh, have you Have you had that experience, Miguel? Um, I got two, so I got two older kids that did that, that, that went to like a uh, predominantly a white school and they're light skinned. And when I went in as a parent, people were like, like who are you? And I was just like, you know, I'm her father. And they were like, that father? Like, you know, I'm like, no, biological. And they just looked at me like I had a second head coming out of my neck. And it's just, it's just weird because when, when you have a kid that's light-skinned, what I notice, and, and people don't believe that it's you, um, they come and question you, like, if you were a threat or if you're the help or something, like, it's almost like they come to the aid of the kid thinking that you're trying to take advantage of them. And it's like, I just find it funny when people don't even, can't even put the two together, like, I'm the parent, you know? So I was wondering how many other people went through that experience. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely a different, d- difficult experience, and I appreciate you sharing that, Miguel, because, again, it just goes to show that when we infuse culture, you know, and, and we explain to our kids you know, the, the, the variances, the differences, all that stuff with our own gente and with other cultures, it just leads to a better understanding of other folks. And we don't, you know, our kids, our kids have so much to deal with. The last thing we want to do is not prepare them for things that are, are, you know, happening, you know, out there, you know, outside our bubble. I know, for example, for me, I, I didn't grow up with a single Afro Latino in my vicinity. I didn't even know Afro-Latinos existed. And I say this with all due respect, but this is just how sheltered I was living here in San Antonio. I didn't even know that Afro-Latinos existed until I moved to Houston and went to school at U of H. And I met somebody that spoke Spanish that was black, that was Afro-Latino. It it was so, I don't want to say mind boggling, but it was just so, so different than what I had known. And it was, and I, of course, you know, I was like, oh, cool. You know, you speak Spanish and, it wasn't a Spanish that was learned. It was a Spanish that they were raised with, you know. It's like, oh, see, claro, no, 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 no. Oh man, it was amazing, you know. And it opened up my eyes to 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 just how varied our cultura, our our lenses, our experiences are, just within Latino culture. You know, what I'm saying, or I don't want to say Latino culture. I'm sorry, just within Latinidad. You know, what I'm saying, just how varied and experiences those differences are. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that, Miguel. Me too, Miguel. I appreciate you saying that because what happened to you probably happens to our adoptive parents and our adoptive parents are just as much parents as biological parents and people you know that's that's that school's um real that's their bad that they did that because they should know better that's not very nice i don't think but i'm it happens it happens all the time and i'm glad you brought it up i'd like to welcome jason to the stage hello jason how do you teach culture to your kids 
Oh, I do a couple of key things. Hopefully you guys hear me clearly. One, I don't teach my kids racism. I don't code conversations. If you look at my picture, two of my kids, one looks Asian, one looks like me. And we don't code our conversations. We don't refer to white people. We don't refer to other cultures, you know, less than indifferent. We're just different, but we integrate. And one thing I can say, don't teach your kids racism. We do it, believe it or not, in our casual conversations. So how I teach my kids culture, what's really important is process. Like looking at even the basics about how to make a tortilla. Why do Mexicans eat beans? Why do we do eat certain foods? And how we eat between each other, just looking and saying, I love you. You know, why we embrace. So I teach them processes for the, their identity to go forward, not to go backwards. Because one thing as parents, we gotta realize in a growing, ever, a growing world that's interconnected through the internet, they're gonna learn things 10 times faster than we ever did. They have 10 times more devices and, and things and apps to tell them identity. So the best thing you're gonna do to teach their culture I would say. is also to embrace their identity of who they are. Are you? Hey, Miguel, you're unmuted. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm bad. I'm sorry. Anyhow, uh, just I mean, just you gotta, you have to think about this. Don't encourage racist behavior by showing prejudices of indifference between white people and brown people so much to where how they just treat us. Because you know what, believe it or not, as Latinos, we're all colors of the rainbow. We come in all shapes and sizes. There's chini- there's some that are chinito, there's some negrito, there's some hueros. It doesn't matter. So I'm very, very passionate about this. But it's like, look at the casual conversations as you teach processes to your children so that they can embody who you are, who they are, and the world that they live in. And that's how I teach culture. Thank you for that contribution, Jason. A lot of great valid points there. I'd like to give Avra the stage now. How do you teach culture? Hi, thank you. And I just have to agree that that was an excellent point. Um, We utilize books. So I have, you know, books I get from the Jewish community, uh, Spanish books that, you know, I get from the library and the Spanish community. And that's a, a great way for us to teach them mine are two and three so they're still very young and they're also in a multiculturally mixed um, daycare center they both speak spanish you know me and my man speak as best spanish as we can he's mexican-american and that you know i am of um russian polish descent right but i didn't grow up speaking spanish but i'm like self-taught so we like to when it comes to holidays, you know, explain to them why we're celebrating these holidays, what the significance is for the holidays to both sides, you know, of, of our differences within our cultures, and just um, teach them, like, basically exactly as um, as he said, 72, that the, there is no difference in people regardless. Like, there's, you know, we try our best to teach them not to see color, not to see those differences but to see the similarities you know and so they're still very young and that's why i'm so excited to hear so many other people giving their you know ways that they're doing it so i can kind of absorb those and you know utilize some of those tools that you guys have all suggested so just super excited and appreciated for this room and thank you Thank you for coming up and for being here. That's exactly why we opened this room, Avra, so that we can all learn from each other because that's the best way. So last words, Rodrigo and Dolly, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you both as always. Um, Rodrigo is a mediator. He didn't have a chance to um, introduce himself in the beginning. He's an amazing mediator out of San Antonio in Houston and also does online work. Um, last words, Rodrigo, before we head up. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, by... by addressing the the topic of culture we kind of stepped into another discussion that i think we need to have as well which is the the uh, you know the kind of the difficulty sometimes of dealing with people's perceptions 
when it comes to the relationship in our kids, especially what Miguel was bringing up, what Alvaro's bringing up, and what I brought up with my son, where, you know, the, the folks automatically assume that and how that can be difficult. I think that's a great conversation that we should have and maybe invite, you know, specific folks that have had that experience and understanding that experience. So I, th I think that's a great topic there for one of the following weeks. And then lastly, uh, it, you know, again, the more we teach our kids, the more we let them know what's going on, transparency, the less afraid they actually will be. We, if we arm our kids with knowledge, they'll be less afraid. And when we don't understand something, oftentimes we, we, it's, it's just natural. You know, you, you kind of go into this protection mode and you become fearful. But if we teach our kids, you know, this culture, when we teach our kids, this is what happens over here. And when we teach our kids the realities of the world, they're armed with knowledge and they understand what's going on and we're not sheltering them. That way, when they do come across that confrontation, that issue, whatever it is, they're better prepared to handle it and they'll know how to react to it. And so I think that's really the key there to be transparent, be honest and provide that security for your kids. So I appreciate everybody that contributed to today's conversation and always welcome uh, uh, your leadership, Christina, in making this room happen. So thank you and Dolly both. Thank you. Duly noted, I have a list of rooms that I, I'm going to be, um, that I have. I go, yeah, I'm going to, next time I make rooms, this is it. So I'll make sure I put that on my list. Actually, I already did while you were talking, so I have that on there. We'll do that room at some point. And if you have any other ideas for rooms, um, topics that you would like to hear or get discussed, please message me in the back channel. I will definitely put those into account. And then lastly, Dolly, last words. Actually, I want to invite everybody to listen to my podcast episode on the Dolly Talks podcast with Christina. She gives some really, really good advice, some tips, especially about helping kids build really good habits. Um, and that's you. the link is in my bio, but you can just listen to um, the Dolly Talks podcast on Anchor, Spotify or Apple podcast. And that is all. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys for being here. As always, come back for us and you can check if you like the room and like these kind of topics um, above my head. That's my app. That's where you can get more of me. And hey, you guys have a great day. Go teach your kids some culture and come back and see us next week. So until next time, remember, parents, you got this. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.